It is six minutes after eight o'clock here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU online at WSAU.com as well. As always, I am WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. Joined on the phone today uh, up north by Merle Kelch of uh, uh, Kelch and Associates. Merle, man, has this been a good week for you? Well, it certainly has uh, made life a heck of a lot easier, that's for sure. I, I would imagine it. First off, uh, I guess the first question for you, uh, because I know you're somebody who uh, watches this fairly closely, were you surprised by the fact that the feds did not adjust interest rates uh, this week, leaving the, the basis rates at where they are at uh, five and a quarter to five and a half? Um, actually, no, I wasn't actually surprised. And, and the reason is because, you know, we talked about it so many times in this program, but um, here it is once again. When, when the, the Fed continues to keep raising interest rates, it doesn't have an effect in a marketplace for six months, nine months, sometimes even a year. <clears throat> well, since they did it so many times, um, it just took some time for it to start settling in. So we're seeing effects happening from the interest rates that you know went up six months ago, a year ago. And so since we're starting to see some of those effects now, it didn't seem to make any sense for the Fed to have to increase the interest rates another time. So the Fed is waiting for bad news on purpose. And so we looked around and we're starting to see, you know, hints of bad news, which means that the economy is actually slowing down a bit more. Um, and, of course, yesterday, uh, uh, more bad news, which is good. Um, we saw the employment numbers um, not quite hitting. The expectation was that there was going to be 180,000 um, new jobs, and it came out as 150, so a little bit slower than normal. So the market went up once again. But no, no real surprise that they didn't do anything. Now, again, they still put in there, they being the Fed, also put in there that there's still a possibility they might increase interest rates uh, coming up in December. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully we have some good inflation numbers, which means inflation is dropping down. Hopefully we see some of that, and hopefully that makes uh, uh, the Fed stays where it is. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, the the number for the Feds, uh, we, we've seen the number go down as well. Remember, initially we had you know, three quarters of a percent raises in consecutive uh, sessions. We've had half percent. We're now down to where they've been adjusting it at a quarter. I guess this is kind yeah. of a uh, logistical question just because I'm somewhat curious. Is a quarter like the the lowest that they can adjust the interest rates? You know, we won't see them adjust rates by, say, 0.05% or 0.10%? Yeah, yeah. uh, um, you know, it's kind of a... Good question, because I've never seen a change other than maybe a quarter or a half. Um, I think I saw it happen 1% one, 1 one other time before with uh, Chairman Greenspan. Um, but it's usually like a, a quarter or a half is usually what you see. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that there's any measure that there were any reason that they can't say that it's either smaller. Um, but I think a quarter is just the uh, the working tool that they have. Um, but... Um, I mean, that's that's where you go at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I guess that's just you know kind of something I was curious about saying. Uh, you know, maybe could we see them adjust it like five percent instead, or a point five percent instead, or a point oh five percent, just to try and maybe gauge uh, a little bit. But as you said, things that we are seeing the effect of are the effects of the interest rate hikes from nine months to a year ago. So, again, when the Fed does this, they really have to play the long game. They do indeed. And so, I mean, we really kind of had a a, um, a blitzkrieg of interest rates because of inflation. I mean, the uh, the Fed jumped interest rates faster than I think I've ever seen before. I mean, it really took off and and, uh, went large when they started increasing last year. 
Um, and we're now starting to see the, the real full-on effects of it. The amount of the increase in the interest rates, I'm surprised that the economy is doing as well as it is. And God bless to the American spender and worker because we keep going here. Um, but I'm surprised that we're hanging on as, as well as we are. But, you know, great that we are. We just need to slow down a little bit so inflation drops a tad more. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question for Merle. Again, just because Merle's on the phone joining us from up north doesn't mean we don't have an open phone line for you because it's always our chatter. And uh, my curiosity is just filler for your phone calls. If you've got a question for Merle, uh, we would be happy to take your call live here on Making Financial Sense. Uh, Merle, it, and you mentioned the uh, the second part of the good news here this week, which is uh, the markets and uh, I believe the the exact word that you used to me earlier this week was "holy cow." Is that correct? Um, yeah, what a week! I mean, the best time, uh, best market jump that we've had in one week since October of '22. The markets really have taken off, and so this is also sparked uh, by an article with Christina Zellis and William Watt. William Watts. Uh, my mouth is not fitting this morning, folks. I'm not sure what it is, but nonetheless, here we go. So in here, the Dow is up, folks, this past week, over 1,400 points. I mean, that's one heck of a, a good week. That's 5% a week. So for, for, for anything else, I mean, here's part of that conversation where we say, you know, don't pull out, don't do knee-jerk reactions, don't do anything based on emotions. This is the week. Imagine if last week you said, oh, I looked at my statements for October. It's terrible. I'm getting out of the market. It's going down. And all of a sudden, the market jumps up 5%. Um, you know, boy, you got to hang in there. Got to stay in it with the folks, but you know what a what a tremendous week. I mean, the the Dow, the S and P, both jumped up. In heck, the the S and P jumped up, you know, 1.4 percent just yesterday. And so the marketplace just had some tremendous drives up. And so if you didn't like October um, so far, November starting out with just a tremendous bang. So do you recommend uh, logging into the 401k today then? <laughs> well. Uh, um, uh, your numbers are probably there today. Um, I would certainly do it because it looks much better than it did last week, a week from now. Yeah, and, and I, I ask that as kind of a loaded question because, as I mentioned earlier with the feds playing the long game, the 401K, you know, the online access to things like your maybe your workplace 401K through Voya or One America or uh, the Hartford or something like that, that's uh, – I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing because it's not something you should be looking at every day because it seems to me if you were to log into that, look at it every day, every time you hear something good or something bad about the markets, you would just be giving yourself a, a severe case of anxiety. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I tell people that the, the day, if you watch the market daily, you're going to have a heart attack and you'll die and you won't you know, need the money because you'll be dead. Mm -hmm. um, look at it once every three months, once every four months. And I say that, folks, and with the humorous part about this is that, you know, my personal, you know, assets and so forth, um, I can look at every single day and inner day because I'm right there in front of the computer that we look on it for all of our clients. And, and I have to fight myself to not look at it because it'll, it'll drive myself absolutely nuts that way. Uh, but, yeah, the best thing to do is just, just let it continue to keep rolling. It's going to go up and down. So when you buy assets, you buy investments, you buy some good quality, and you hang into it. Um, Warren Buffett says, and I've, I've quoted on this program, and, and he's been well quoted in saying it, he said, if I'm not going to buy something for 10 years, um, why would I even buy it for now? So it's, it's the same thing inside of the marketplace. You buy good quality, 
and you hang in there and you just leave it. It's going to go up and down. It's like a waltz, two steps forward, one step back. I'm not sure if you've ever waltzed yet. No. Uh, but it's coming here in Wisconsin. So you know, remember, two, one, two, one, <laughs> two, one, two, one, two, one. Got it. And the market is the same place. And invariably, it always seems that as soon as you invest, it goes down. So you get the one back right away. Damn it. You know, but... Um, um, but the marketplace is the same place. It's the same thing. You just have to just hang in there for a little bit and then have it continue to keep growing and, and going up. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call as we're talking with uh, Merle Kelch here on Making Financial Sense. And uh, Merle, just one more uh, question here as we kind of wrap up this discussion. Uh, you know, We mentioned don't look at it every day. Don't log into it. Maybe just you know, take a passing glance at it a couple of times a year. But of course, it's ironic that we say don't watch your money here on this show like that because one of the things that I'm sure you would encourage people to do is to maybe at the very least check in on it once a year to make sure that what you've got in that investment portfolio uh, is on track for your goals uh, as they are yeah, now yeah. as opposed to the goals as you set five years ago. <clears throat> you, know, you, you hit upon something as in the industry. You have to monitor stuff. You just can't put it away and just look at it blindly. Um, so looking at it every day is going to drive you absolutely nuts. Once a month will probably drive you crazy. But yeah, I, don't, I don't see a problem with a person watching every quarter. Um, I personally probably watch mine once a month, maybe even a little bit sooner just because I can. Um, but in here, the, the reason for that is you have to be aware of certain things. And so let me uh, touch upon that. Um, uh, you asked a question, so I'll chat about it a second, is that you know, there's certain things you can you can see the train, you can smell the smoke, get off the tracks, and sometimes it, there's a train, you know, get off the tracks, you can see it coming. And, and li- literally, it revolves, it seems, to be around more interest rates than anything else. So when interest rates go up, um, if they go up significantly, obviously we've seen just this, this past year or so, that when interest rates go up, it tends to slow the economy down. When the interest rates go down, it tends to speed the economy up. And from that, you can make some micro-adjustments along the way. But you don't want to be in a position or a place that's going to be affected because of interest rates going up and down. And so that's some of the stuff you just simply have to watch. And there's a lot of people out there who say, well, I have no idea, and I'm not sure where that's the case. And that's where our profession comes in. See how I'm leading this now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's where you know talking with a financial professional knows, knows what they're doing. And I, I say that because there's a lot of uh, um, spirited people with a lot of not knowledge in them. That's the best I got. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll, but, we'll leave it at that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but when the interest rates are, are fluctuating, going up and down, there's some things that you can do to make some some adjustments in your portfolio to continue to keep going as far as um, getting a rate of return goes. Jim Cramer said, he says, you can always make money inside of the markets. You just have to know you know where to look, essentially. And there's still some truth to that. So um, with it, making sure you're keeping an eye out what's going on with your portfolio um, uh, is a good way to go at, uh, to do with that. Now, Here's what I'd like to do, and we've done this with some clients. You take a portfolio, and let's say your portfolio is is is, is gaining at 6%. And, folks, this is just a, a made-up number uh, for illustration purposes. Let's say you have a portfolio that's gaining 6%, but the market is going up at 10%. Then you do a, a, a risk analysis of the portfolio and say, well, geez, I have the same amount of risk as a portfolio, but I'm earning 6%, but the portfolio is earning 10%. Now, this is obviously the same thing on the way down. You know, if the, part, uh, the, if the uh, market's going down 10%, you're going down 6%, but you have the same risk, well, then you're happy. But when it's going up, it's usually the problem. And so if the market's going up at 10%, you're going up at 6 but you have the same amount of risk, uh, what, what, what do we have to look at to fix? You know, do we fix the risk, or do we fix the portfolio so it's at the same amount of rate of return? 
So that's when you tend to have a problem. And, folks, that's where, in my opinion, you start taking a look at your portfolio on a quarterly or every six months and saying, okay, um, what's the risk of my portfolio? I'm not getting the same rate of return as what the market is doing. Um, at least, And you're never going to get it exact, folks, but if you're in the same neighborhood. Um, and say, well, for the risk I'm taking, am I willing to accept less rate of return? And the answer is usually no. And usually then you either reduce the risk or you redo the portfolio so you're getting those same types of rates of returns of the market, both up and down, obviously. And, and so that's why where you still have to take a look at your portfolio and see where you're at and where you're gauging. He's Merle Kelch for Making Financial Sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. We'll be back with more after this. From 550 FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. Uh, properly caffeinated Merle Kelch joining us from up north. Merle, I understand you you were just uh, handed a, a cup of coffee. Uh, tell us, how is the coffee? Oh, it is absolutely spectacular. There it's we wonderful. go. That, you know, that, so, that's a good sign. I mean, people, Merle is yeah. properly caffeinated uh, this morning. So he's ready I, to give you the best advice. I am literally in love with my morning coffee. It just, I mean, it's, it's, I need one of those that you see so many times with the jokes that says, don't talk to me, not yet, close, maybe, mm-hmm. as the coffee, coffee cup goes down. That's me. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. And, and again, we are at the point where, where you can talk to Merle. So 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you have a question uh, for Merle. Uh, and I know the question that uh, everybody is asking, of course, this time of year, is uh, where can we get the best Black Friday uh, holiday Christmas shopping deals? And uh, Merle, I know this is a a big time of year for a lot of companies, and this is something that, uh, as you mentioned before, uh, a lot of people are going to be looking at what happens over the next few weeks uh, from an economic standpoint because that's going to uh, really set the tone for us going into 2024. You know, it truly is, and I, I don't have an article on this, but it's it's one of the things that's been on TV as far as the conversation goes with CNBC all week, is what's happening, you know, and what are we going to do with the retail sales and all that kind of stuff. And retail sales, meaning you and I as spenders, um, are spending our discretionary income. We have been all along through the course of this past year, and we continue to even now. So the Black Friday sales, what's interesting is, I don't know about you, but I'm getting emails already every mm-hmm. day saying Black Friday early Oh yeah, about doing all the sales, and you are too. So the Black Friday, I can remember a time ago, my wife and her friends would all get together in a newspaper, and they'd have like a pre-planned party, which usually involved about you know five or six bottles of wine. <laughs> and, you know, they'd right. have the pre-shopping party. Okay, we're going to go here. We're looking for this. Or the, I mean, you know, we'll go in there, and they're waiting for lines, waiting in lines. And that stuff really isn't there this much. I mean, this past year, they said, okay, we're going to go shopping. They just use it as that Friday because it's what they've always done, not because there was a you know, big blockbuster sale that they were all looking for for you know, LED TVs when they were the biggest thing. So we're not seeing that so much, but we're seeing the continual sales. But this is the time of the season that the, sell, the sellers, I'm sorry, uh, the buyers and the shoppers are out there um, and hitting it. And it looks like it's going to be pretty good. The expectations two or three months ago were that it was going to be terrible, but that doesn't appear to be the case. Some of the preliminary preliminary numbers that are coming out is that the shoppers are out there. You and I are still spending. Mm-hmm. Um, um, now, unfortunately, it looks like we're also spending with credit cards because we're seeing those numbers starting to rise and, and go up as well. Um, but the consumers are still out there spending, and hopefully um, uh, they make it through and they continue to spend uh, next year because we start picking up from an economic standpoint. Yeah, indeed. And uh, one of the things that I've really been noticing is everybody 
is uh, uh, obviously pumping the big discounts, and it seems like this year electronics are going to be very, very heavily uh, discounted. Anybody saying, yeah. you know, if you're looking for something like a, a new TV or whatever widget it may be, this is going to be the time to maybe pull the trigger on something like that. But I'm seeing the same thing. You know, years ago, remember, everybody wanted to have the LED TV, and now it seems like they can't give them away. Um, but it also shows what the margins were, you know, years ago, as far as on the TVs. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, electronics should be the biggest thing. And, and what's interesting to me is um, the, the electronics that are popping out are not necessarily the great big ticket items. It's like a lot of the small stuff. I'm seeing a lot of, as far as every time I go shopping, I'm seeing advertising, I'm seeing it out there, like the earbuds, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the earpods that go in the ear. I'm seeing just a ton of advertising for those. Um, charger systems, because, uh, I, in fact, I just got one. Uh, my assistant, Kim, um, if she's listening right now, hats off to her because she's always got all this tech stuff going on. And so I've got this little thing, it's like three little circles, and it charges your phone, and charges your iWatch, and your earbuds all at the same time. And it's like, wow, that's kind of neat. So now they showed up at my, my office, you know, magic stuff. Mm-hmm. But all that sort of stuff, I think, is the, the big stuff. There's not, like, this new gadget that everybody wants to buy yet. Um, um, but hopefully something like that comes around. So think of your idea, Mike, and then just put it out there. Let the world know. Yeah, indeed. And, <laughs> yeah, and if somebody's listening and wants to uh, to get me a Christmas present, I will take a TV of 65 inches or more. There you go. So... Yes, uh, or maybe even a projector for my one wall in my living room because I've got a wall that's just begging to have a massive yeah. football game projected onto it while I am uh, drinking beer and, and hanging out with my cat. He's yeah. Merle Kelch might... at uh, 715-845-2155 uh, is the number to call. Uh, Merle, just uh, I, I know it's probably pretty hard for you to quantify this, but I'm going to ask anyway because I'm the news director, and, and uh, again, that's my job. Just exactly how big is the next six and a half to seven weeks for the U.S. economy? Oh, boy. Um, I, I can't quantify it as far as numbers go, but I tell you, the Christmas season is probably, at least in my opinion, the single most important uh, time uh, for the U.S. economy because of businesses than any other time in the course of the year. Simply because there's companies that make their year with this next, you know, 30 to 45 days, and and the reason I'm saying 45 days is it carries into January because then you have your returns, so you have your net sales that ends up getting done. But it's probably the literally the the most important time for a lot of retailers, um, just hands down across the uh, the board. Um, there used to be a, a thing that you could watch for. It said. You know, watch for the dividends of the stock, and certain companies would you know, pay out dividends at certain times of the year, and it'd be higher or lower. Now, today, most companies standardize this; they make the, the same dividend they pay out on a quarterly basis is the same throughout the course of the year. But sometimes, or at one time, they'd have it where a company would pay out a bigger dividend in December. Well, that goof up a lot of the numbers because if you look in the newspaper now, I don't think anybody looks at the stock prices in a newspaper anymore. Well, there's maybe three of you in all of Wausau that do that. Mm-hmm. But it used to have your dividend and be the last dividend annualized as far as the percentage goes. So it's always goofy because your dividend from last quarter is going to be tremendously lower than what it was for the last quarter, the, uh, the next quarter with Christmas in. So you always had to you know factor that sort of stuff in, but not so much anymore. But this last this last month of this last quarter is huge, and so also um, the reason that you see the stock prices in the marketplace tend to go up the most with the fourth and the first quarter of the year. 
So because of the the drive uh, we're seeing from uh, uh, the Christmas holidays, I mean, it's just absolutely huge, especially in America. So is this a good time to maybe uh, invest in retail stocks then if you're somebody that likes to manipulate the portfolio or manipulates your your holdings on your own and during this time of year is this a time to maybe uh buy into some of the retail stocks to with the intent of maybe off selling them uh in the first quarter of next year well the best time would have been about june (laughs) but but, um, you know especially after the market came up you know you know 1400 points this past week um uh but uh tongue-in-cheek on that just a little bit of humor but you know, we look at it, and that's 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 the big thing. You look at it and say, okay, which retailers? If you're going to play the stock game, um, again, in my office, I, I look at what do we want to do for the next three or five years, not for the next three or five months. But if you're going to do that, you try to look around and say, okay, what is it that people are buying, and what store is positioned to be uh, in a place to take advantage of that? You know, so we we look at a store, and hopefully, the store doesn't do something boneheaded. Mm-hmm. Um, where they're going to end up causing their their sales or something like that to crash, and you buy one of those companies, and then you go from there. But you know, my opinion would be is is a better way to do that. And folks, again, I'm not recommending you run out and go buying stocks in this instance. I'm you know trying to guess what's going to happen with sales. But you know, my opinion always is I like to buy two or three of whatever is inside of that category. So if we were going to buy retailers, I'd say who's number one, who's number two, who's number three. Uh, do their math, does the math make sense? Do they have profitability? Um, are they having sustained growth? What are they doing from a marketing standpoint? Um, and so from that, I might buy two of those, or maybe I'll buy all three of them if I think the retail sector is going to really take off. And that's how you take a look at those individual stocks. You're going to try to you know, guess that game thing, which is going to be the better way to go. Um, so that's my opinion. There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We do have time for one quick phone call here uh, before we get to the break for news here at the bottom of the hour. And then, of course, Badger football coming your way at 9 a.m. Wisconsin going to take on Indiana with uh, the pregame coverage again beginning uh, right as soon as we're done here on Making Financial Sense. Good morning. You're on with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to today? Dwayne. Morning, Dwayne. I would like to know what Mr. Kelch is I. What he thinks of ET energy transfer of the company? Yes. Okay. Of the stock. The you know, I, I only know some some minimal stuff about it. Um, it was just brought to my attention because of a client as well. So, um, I mean, just to be completely transparent, we did buy some of this for a client. It wasn't some research or work that I did, um, but we pulled it out. We looked at the numbers. We looked at the sales and the stuff that they're doing. And as a result of that, we bought it. We didn't. I didn't find any red flags when I looked at it. So um, I'm not giving my blessing, but um, usually I find, try to find a reason to not buy something um, because I find that that's a better way to look at it. So we did buy some for a client. Now, the energy industry has been down. Most people are waiting for the energy industry to, to kick up. And, and so from that, I think the energy industry um, is a hold. It's not going to be a big jump. But uh, ET, we did buy some of that um, at a client's request this past, uh, well, last week, actually. Okay. I'm not sure if that helps you. Yeah. But we All didn't right. find anything bad. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Yep. Thanks for the call. Again, it is 832 on this Saturday morning. We'll be back with more Making Financial Sense after this here on WSAU.
Mike Leishner, news director, joining you along with uh, Merle Kelch from the uh, up north estate. Merle, you, you told me that you were chasing down some deer yesterday. I'll just quickly ask you, uh, did you have any success at all? Um, it, was, uh, it turned into just more work than anything else. So I didn't even get out to do some hunting, but as soon as we finish up from the radio program, I got a little prep, and I will be out this afternoon and pretty much most of the day tomorrow. So, uh, folks, it's been a long, long month in my world. I feel like I haven't been home hardly at all, um, as you know, because we seem to do, we keep doing a radio show from remote locations. Mm-hmm. So this is a remote from Tomahawk. I can deal with this one. This one's good. So oh, yeah. I've had enough travel in my world. I'm done for a while. So, so cause there's an article that's out here. All right, hang on here. About. One minute before we before we get back, get to that article, we did have somebody that just called in. So uh, good morning. You're on Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to here? Uh, Tom. Morning, Tom. How you doing? Good. Hey, could you explain cryptocurrency? Um. I, I can. I, I just make a note on the right crypto, and I, you know, for one reason or another, I couldn't spell crypto. Nonetheless, so <laughs> cryptocurrency is probably the, the 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 bane of my existence because of of, of what it does. And so, uh, Tom, cryptocurrency. Let me back up to what it is. So, a person who um, has a name, but we don't really know if it's the right person. Nobody really knows what it is. Created a computer program, and it turned into a company, or not even a company. It turned into this thing called Bitcoin. So. Tom, think about this. All cryptocurrency is a computer program. That's all that it is. It's not a company. The company doesn't make anything, doesn't sell anything, doesn't make any profit, doesn't create a profit. It's just nothing more than a a computer program that nobody knows who does it. There's no 800 number to call for customer service. It's just a computer program. And it created this thing called blockchain. And So you have the ability then to transfer money from one person to another based upon everybody's willingness to put money in and to buy and sell it. That's what cryptocurrency is. How does that sound so far, Tom? <laughs> Confusing. <laughs> yeah, it is. But the amazing thing is, is, is people don't realize they think cryptocurrency is this big investment. It, it, it's not. It's a computer program. You're simply buying into a computer program. Whereas if I want to buy, um, let's say, a stock of uh, ABC Company, I can buy a stock at ABC Company, and I can go to the company, and I can see it, and I can talk to somebody. And I can say, how are your widgets doing? Are you making money? I can do that because I, I own the stock of that company, of ABC Company. Crypto, there's nothing. There's zero. In fact, um, it's, it's articles all over the place. There was somebody who had cryptocurrency a long time ago, and he lost his code to get in. And I don't know if it's 14 or 18 uh, codes or numbers that you have to have to be able to get into your account. Um, that he had had, um, and he lost it, and so he lost some $30 million because the computer he had uh, ended up going in the trash. Um, he lost it, and it's going to be gone, and so that's just going to simply get evaporated into the system, and everybody else is going to split the money up. But it's a computer program. That's it. There's no customer service. You can't say, I want to get a reset. Can I get a new one? It doesn't exist. There's no, it's a computer program. That's it. So I think that the excitement that's happened over the course of the years is because People wanted to buy more, of course, like anything else. If you want more, it drives the price up. Um, and it went from, you know, zeros to, uh, you know, $30,000 uh, per um, uh, crypto or per coin. Um, it went up in value. And people said, look, it's a great investment. Well, it's, I'm not going to say that it didn't go up. It certainly didn't. Certainly people made some money. But the problem along the way is that it's not an asset. It's nothing. It's a computer program. 
at one point in time, there were some 5,200 cryptocurrencies that people created. And I think Snoop Dogg even had one. Mm-hmm. Potcoin. Um, they created their own program. I'm, I'm correct on that, right, Mike? Yeah, Potcoin. So, so they created their, their own cryptocurrency, and it's only because people want to buy it because it's a crypto that it went up in value, not because it actually had any sort of a intrinsic value or made a profit or anything of that nature. And so I, I'm not a fan of them because I can't hold it and touch it. Um, and it's not because I'm old school, and I probably am, but it's not that. It's because I, I can't hold it and touch it. You can't quantify what the profit is. Is it good to own it? Is it bad to own it? Uh, what's the long-term profit? Because there isn't any. And so from that, I have a real difficult time with cryptocurrency. In fact, our broker-dealer said, don't do any cryptocurrency for your client because from a suitability standpoint, um, you, you can't quantify why you bought something that's a computer program, not a hard asset. Why did you buy that for a client? And nobody has any defense for that. So I'm not a fan of it um, for whatever purpose and reason, but that's what a cryptocurrency is. You're buying into a computer program just because other people think it's good. Tom, that's the best I got. Okay, how do you buy and sell it? Well, that's always been the question, you know. Um, there's got to be some sort of an intermediary that does the transactions for you. There was one of the largest in the world for a while was this company called FTX. <laughs> Oops, he's going to prison because he stole billions of dollars. Exactly. Um, but he created, he created a place where he would be the intermediary, and he would buy and sell that and, of course, take a profit then as a result of his buying and selling as an intermediary in the middle of doing that uh, thing. So you have other companies that are out there now, uh, like Coinbase and some of the others, that will act as an intermediary to the, do the program, essentially, and buying the Bitcoin and selling the Bitcoin on your behalf for a certain fee. Um, you can go through, and I think I get it on my, oh, it's either Venmo or Cash App. One of the two has a button that says, you want to buy some Bitcoin, and they'll mm-hmm. do it. So they're doing the same thing. They're acting as an intermediary. Um, so that's where you would buy and sell it is through an organization like that. I don't suggest FTX, and, and by the way, I think they're gone. But right. um, uh, but that's how you would buy it. I don't know that there's anybody, at least not that I know of, that's buying it directly, just buying directly through the actual program themselves. And I'm, um, I just don't know anybody. I'm not. I know somebody's obviously doing it, but I don't know where that'd be the case. And and well, to do they- it yourself, it also takes a very powerful computer setup you have to have cooling elements to that because the computer's got to work so hard to run the math to do what's called the mining operation yeah, yeah. and uh you know there's actually an operation like this that's going on right now in uh, park falls with the former paper mill up there and they say that it's perfect because in the winter they don't have to run a cooling system they can just open a window or two and uh, that'll keep the the computers from overheating So, yes, there is uh, obviously a lot that that goes into this. The computers have to run very complex math problems, which is about the easiest way I can put it. So, yeah, it it is something that uh, if you're going to do it yourself, you should tread extremely lightly and uh, be extremely educated before uh, you get into that. Uh, You know, Tom, I do have to give, you know, whoever the developer is, I'm going to say it's a guy because that's what, and I can't think of his, the name that's touted out there. And he say that it's a guy. So, um, brilliant man. I mean, uh, the computations he did to set this up and do the whole thing, brilliant guy, truly is. And to being able to transfer data from a blockchain standpoint uh, back and forth is absolutely brilliant. In fact, uh, the military and even our industry, securities industry, do that type of stuff now 
for sending data back and forth. It makes the, the world a whole heck of a lot more secure place. But we're just simply transferring data, not um, allowing people to buy and sell on this blockchain type of an event or thing, world, whatever we want to say. Um, brilliant stuff. Um, I just wish we could say who it was and talk to him and, and maybe have customer service. Maybe that would be a better way to do it. The most difficult well, side is the dark side of all this, Tom, <coughs> um, and that's the amount of money basically that's transferring the, the black that, market. Basically, the only thing that is is just supply and demand. Is if there's no demand, the, the the price of the crypto goes down, doesn't it? Absolutely, you hit it right on the head. There, it's, <clears> it's 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 not supply and demand of a product. It's just supply and demand of people wanting to buy this computer program pieces huh. of the blockchain. That's it. Well, I appreciate your help. You're welcome. All right, again, thanks for the call. At eight forty six here. Uh, on this Saturday morning on AM 550, FM 99.9 9 WSAU and online, online at, at WSAU.com yeah. as well. We're going to take uh, one last break, Merle. I know you've got an article that you want to get to, so yeah. we'll, we'll get to that uh, next to close out the show. But first, uh, here's Chris Conley. It's this day. FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com as well. There we go. Uh, yeah, I, I just broke one of the cardinal rules of uh, broadcasting, starting a story when you didn't have enough time to finish it. Uh, but you know, again, we're, we've, 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 that's just what we've been doing here this morning because little known fact, I woke Merle up this morning. He, he did folks, uh, made sure he was ready to go for the, for the program. And, and we've had a great show. So, Hey, and, and, I, and, I, and, and, uh, you know, and folks and, and Mike, I, I give you all the credit in the world. It's been one heck of a month for me. I've been just nothing but travel throughout the course of this past month. And it's just insanity trying to work in the middle of it. And uh, yesterday I said, I'm just going to go up north and relax. So I came up north, and we had some dinner and had a good time, and I went to bed, and I probably slept 10 hours, and I forgot to set an alum. And so, Mike, <laughs> hats off to you, because my phone started ringing. I'm like, what's that noise? <laughs> oh, crap. So it was uh, some quick prep. Indeed. Yes. So thank you, sir. Yes, indeed. So very quick. There's an article. Go ahead. I was going to say very quick, and uh, to wrap up the show, I know you had one more piece of prep that you wanted to get to. I want to put something in here because, um, you know, the, the, the whole big thing that the marketplace is doing is what's happening with interest rates. When are interest rates going to come down? So, folks, if you have expectations that interest rates are going to come down, we're going to get a 2 or 3% mortgage again. Don't expect it because it's probably not going to happen anymore, at least not in our lifetimes. And if it does, fantastic, but probably not going to happen. So uh, there's an article by Christine Adet. Oh, Jesus, Zealous. I can never get her name right, and she does a lot of articles and contributes. I should probably send her a text and say, how do you spell it? Nonetheless, um, short-term bonds dominate fixed-income ETF flows uh, again in October with a single fund getting outside for a portion of investors' money is the head of the article. And so with this, then, what's happening is that money is leaving the stock market, leaving different places, and flowing into bonds. And so that's a normalcy. I mean, when you have marketplace volatility inside the stock market flowing into the bond marketplace, is a normalcy that tends to be what's happening. Um, and it's happening right now. So I'll think about this, folks. We just talked about it at the opening of the show. Um, if you left the stock market, now we saw the stock market just jump up 1,400 points, you know, essentially a, a 5% jump in one week, you just left it inside of the market. And that's happening. And it's also flowing into what's called short-term bonds, or, I'm sorry, short-duration bond ETFs. Now, a duration is simply nothing more than uh, the sweet spot of profitability with you put the time of money in that whole bit, there's a sweet spot, and they call it duration. 
I'm not going to go into calculation. I actually had to do it by hand when I was in college, and man, that stunk. Ugh. Anyway, so in here, um, they're talking in an article saying, uh, well, people are doing it because they want to use that short-duration fund for income. And so my thought is, is what's the income on a short-duration fund? And by the way, it's like 1%. So in here, folks, my whole thought about this is that you know, when we look around at the marketplace, um, if you've got an advisor that's selling you and telling you to buy an investment that's going to pay you some income of 1%, why wouldn't you just go to the bank where they're paying you know, 5 And so it just kind of drives me nuts in this when you have money flowing into ultra-short ETF funds that are paying an income of you know nothing, and you can go to the bank and get a CD that's guaranteed at 5% right now. And so it just drives me absolutely crazy. When I see this, but nonetheless, the inflows going inside of the bond marketplace have been relatively heavy and expanding throughout October through December uh, through September or from September. Um, and money going into what's called an ultra short government funds or government bond funds. And Lord, it's better to go to a CD. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. that's my rant for the day um, in this article. I just don't understand why people would do this. And what's interesting in the article, they actually say that they believe it's the millennials because they cite money and move money around quick. Um, and with it, they're going into an ultra sort because it seems safe. Well, um, really, CDs are better, but nonetheless. Um, yeah, and, they, and, and again, that's only better for right now, though. So you can do something like that, maybe take that 11-month CD and uh, take your guaranteed growth there, but then you have to be able to turn around and move it into something else, you know, move it maybe back into the market or, or yeah, something yeah. like that. And, and if you're going to be treading into that category, uh, and again, this is just the advice from uh, Mike, who is maybe tread lightly because you've got to have a pretty good idea uh, of what you're doing if you are going to be able to pull something like that off and think that you'll you'll make money on it. You know, the, the, the interesting thing about, about this really is that if we take a CD, let's say we get a, a one-year CD at 5%, and then this is hypothetical, but I know mm-hmm. we're not really far off. Even if you have to break that CD because something happens and give up six months' worth of interest, it still leaves you two and a half. That's still more than an ultra-short duration ETF or bond fund. So it, it still amazes me that there's money still flowing into this. Um, it just doesn't make any sense from every mathematical area. The only way I can actually think about it is you know, these guys are doing it inside of a fund that maybe some sort of a financial professional is telling them to invest into, um, and uh, they're going in there. Now, maybe it's for a short-term thing because you're going to, you know, do something with the money in a month or two. Well, okay, that makes sense, but not as an investment for income, which is one of the parts of this conversation uh, in this article we're talking about, because it's just not income at at that pace. It's just no money being made, and that you're better off with a CD. Yeah, and and again, you're seeing a lot of banks that are doing the CD specials. They'll give you maybe 5.75%, but it's only going to be 11 months, or it's going to be 13 months or something like that, somewhere around one year. So if you... Yeah, and let's have a lesson with that, uh, Mike, and everybody listening. Um, If we put some logic to it, why do we think that the bank is only doing it for 11 months or 13 months for the interest rates and not Mm -hmm. two years or three years? Because the expectation is from the banking means that interest rates are going to start dropping about that period of time, and I don't think that they're far off. I mean, banks are kind of smart; they didn't make, uh, uh, they didn't become banks because they're goofballs. Um, and so, as a result of that, that's the expectation of where we'll start seeing interest rates drop is within that next year. That's the reason we see the interest rates at that point. 
All right, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We have about three minutes yet. So, uh, caller, uh, first off, who are we talking to? And second off, if you have a question, uh, the response is going to need to be very quick. Jim, I'm wondering how to invest in, how to invest in gold. Okay. Jim, investing is out of gold. Um, my, my first question is going to determine what, how you should do it. I shouldn't say how you should do it, but my suggestion um, are you investing for gold for the long term? Are you investing in, in gold that you're going to give it to the kids, or are you investing because you want a place to invest it for the next three, six months? Uh, six months, or maybe nine months. I'm sorry? Uh, next three or five months? Yeah. Okay. So the, the best way to, to do that, if that's what we're going to look at, is I would look at going to a ETF, an exchange-traded fund. So if we talk to your uh, financial professional or something like that, they'll be able to buy it and buy it like a stock. And the reason is because you can buy it and you can sell it tomorrow and you don't have to hold on to the physical gold. We've said many times on here, and I'll let you know, is that if you buy the physical gold where you're going to buy, say, an ounce of gold, um, if you go to buy it from a, a, a dealer like a coin and jewelry shop or you know somebody who's got uh, gold, um, if you buy from them, you're going to end up paying a 15 to 20% premium when you buy it over what's called the spot price, the price it trades at. And if you go to sell it, they're going to discount that price by, you know, 15 or 20 percent. And so you have to make such a big spread along the way, you can't make any money. As where if you buy it um, uh, as a, like a stock and what's called an exchange-traded fund, if you buy it on that, you can buy it today and sell it tomorrow, and you don't have those big spreads either way. Okay? Is that called a GLD? Well, GLD is one of the ETFs that's out there, right. Yeah, GLD is a exchange-traded fund, correct. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Right. Again, Jim, Jim thanks, thanks for the call. Uh, Merle, once again, if uh, folks want to get a hold of you outside of the show, uh, how do they do that? Well, Monday morning we will be bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and hopefully relaxed. Um, so stop in and see us, 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street in Wausau, Wisconsin. We'll be there. Come on in for a cup of coffee, kick the tires, say hello and hi. You can give us a call locally, 715-849-3600. Toll-free outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. Or find us online at kelsonassociates.com. All right. Thank you, Merle. We always appreciate the time. Enjoy the hunt today. Hopefully Indeed. you get the big buck. Hope so. I will be looking forward to pictures uh, next week when we meet again. Again, he's Merle Kelch. We've been making financial sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and online at WSAU.com as well. Badger football coming your way next as Wisconsin takes on Indiana today. Uh, We will have the pregame coverage at 9 o'clock straight up next here on WSAU.